Hey guys, welcome to the Real Love Podcast. We are so excited. Uh, we have a special guest today, but I always want to take time and uh, congratulate you. I'm so proud of you for taking time uh, to invest in yourself, to invest in your calling and what God has called you to do as you continue to grow that real love in you and help other people experience that real love in their life. And so, hey, it maybe you're a part, maybe you're not, but uh, we're, we're from a church called Faith Promise, uh, where God is moving in a miraculous way. And so today we have a very special guest in Kurt Candler, who is, he is part of a missions organization that we partner with called 410 Bridge. I'm going to let him talk more about that, but uh, I, I hope you are so inspired today uh, by the things that are happening. If you come to Faith Promise through your generosity with 410 Bridge, but also what God is doing really around the world uh, through people who say, I want to see the real love that God gave me everywhere that God would have it go. And so, hey, Kurt, we're so glad that you're with us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about 410 Bridge? Well, thanks. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really just grateful that you guys uh, would invite me onto the podcast. We super are super grateful for Faith Promise. Um, I'm married uh, to my beautiful bride, Erica, for almost now 32 years. We have four four amazing kids, all grown now. Um, added a daughter-in-law a few years ago. She's amazing and about to add two more daughter-in-laws here in the, in the coming months. Um, and we just welcomed our first grandson Jackson uh, into this world about three weeks ago. So we're super excited to meet him here uh, very soon. Um, so I'm in Atlanta. I'm the founding executive for uh, the 410 Bridge. I founded 410 Bridge about 16 years ago. Um, and again, we are really just super excited about partnering with Faith Promise. Uh, 410 Bridge gets its name from 1 Peter 410. 1 Peter 4.10 says that Everyone should use the gifts that they've received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. We love, we love that scripture. Uh, we all have gifts. We all should use those gifts not to serve ourselves, but to serve others. And that's really our namesake, namesake scripture. Um, but really, that doesn't really tell you, you know, what we do or why we exist. We we are in the poverty space, the global extreme poverty space, and. 410 Bridge was created because we uh, felt that there was a real need to redefine the war on poverty, redefine what it means to win it, redefine what it means for the people living in extreme poverty around the world, and then really how to redefine how we fight that battle together here on this side of the bridge. So that's a kind of a high view, high look at, at why we exist. We, um, we work in four countries. Uh, we adopt uh, entire communities in Kenya, Uganda, Haiti, and Guatemala. And we are really kind of a mile deep and an inch wide. We go deep with those communities, walk alongside, really behind those communities as they uh, continue their journey of development. So we work with indigenous leaders and we are working toward um, trying to create uh, sustainable communities that are currently struggling in extreme poverty. And we're trying to lead them to a place where they can graduate from the 410 Bridge uh, partnership, uh, and they will continue that journal, journey of development long after we leave. Um, we help them with, you know, all their physical areas of need: water, education, uh, economic development, health and uh, health and wellness programs. But really, you know, those physical programs aren't really the reason why we exist. We don't. We don't define poverty, and then I'll, I'll wrap up here. But we don't we don't define poverty. 
as a material problem. We define it as an issue of worldview, meaning that you know our our worldviews, the story that we tell ourselves to be true, the lens in which we see the world work, those really drive the choices that we make, and those choices drive the actions we take. And what we've learned over the last 15 or so years is that those choices have more to do with whether or not uh, a community living in extreme poverty will thrive or continue uh, to live in deprivation really than anything else. And so in everything that we do, we are trying to shift people's worldview from what it is today to, um, you know, to a biblical Christian worldview. And when that happens, uh, and when we in incorporate all of those, that, that biblical teaching in every program that we run inside a community, they'll do more to solve their poverty problem without us than they will with us. I love that. I love that. And it really leads well into the next question I want to ask you. And then I, I'm going to say the the other one I want to ask you after this one, because I don't have it on my notes, but I want to come back to it. I love that your plan is not to always be needed. I feel like we have in our culture today, we have this real desire to be needed. But if if you are successful, you end up not being needed, which I think is special. But before we do that, um, I, we really believe that everybody listening, including you and me, that we have a potential, uh, a supernatural potential, even beyond what we're doing now, no matter what we're doing now, that God wants to continue to use us and expand this real love in us to affect the world in just a supernatural way. Uh, but I think one of the things that's the most inspiring is the testimony of people who've stepped into that. And you stepped in what a massive undertaking to change the outlook on poverty, on global poverty. I, I, I love it. It's amazing. But would you tell us a little bit about how God called you? Because you started 16 years ago, so that wasn't the first thing that you did with your life. Will you walk us on how God called you? Because uh, there's people who I believe are wrestling with what God's calling them to, whether it's whether it's a vocational change or just to be faithful in a relationship. But how did God call you from where you were to trying to change the world's outlook on poverty? Yeah, I mean that's uh, yeah, that's an amazing story, um, and not just because it's mine, but just because you know God's been so faithful along the way. You know, I, I'm a I'm a business guy. I um, have always been fairly entrepreneurial in my career. I, I, I tell people that that's just a nice, a really nice way of saying that I learned very early on in my career that I wasn't going to make a very good employee. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. I always wanted to kind of do my own thing. I'm a type A driver, red Enneagram eight kind of guy. And, you know, coming out of nine 11, um, my, my business failed coming out of nine 11. And, um, it was, you know, a lot of story, a lot of God's story in there. But uh, I'll just say that that was a time in my family's life that we call, you know, our dark times. It was, you know, I know a lot of people have a lot darker times than perhaps we did. But for us, this was a very, very difficult time. My business had failed. I was just overloaded with, um, you know, debt that I had taken on to keep the business afloat. Um and, and so and, and during that time, my kids uh, had gone, been going to a small little Christian school here in Atlanta, and they had a little project that they were doing, a little shoebox project that they were doing at their school, um, and sending shoeboxes full of stuff, toys and, you know, school supplies, things like that, to a little ministry in Uganda. And a family took those boxes over there and came back, and I found them in my home, <laughs> uh, having dessert and coffee, kind of showing us pictures of their um, of their trip. And I was, uh, really uninterested, 
uh, I had bigger fish to fry, as you can imagine. Um, but until this picture of the school building uh, in a little place called Budalala, Uganda, uh, my buddy Dave showed it to us. And I, you know, it was made of mud and sticks and cow dung and dirt floors and kids sat on the rocks and there was no teachers. And it was just, and I really literally thought, you know, that's, that's just kind of silly to me. Why don't they just build a brick building? And long and short of it is, is that I kind of was in, you know, at, the, at that time in my life, I was the closest to God that I think I ever have been. You know, I, I don't mean that and that I'm not close today, but, you know, when you're really in those dark times, you're really leaning into him, looking for direction. Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of pause there and say, you know, my testimony is during those dark, dark times, I thought I was a believer, I think. But the lesson I learned at that time was that there was a difference between declaring Jesus Lord and allowing him to Lord over your life. Wow. There's a difference between declaring him as Lord and allowing him to Lord over, over your life. And I had one night made that leap and basically said, God, I, my, my way is not working. Uh, clearly, I really don't know what to do. Um, I'm lost, um, uh, confused and just give me the next right thing to do. And uh, I'll go off and I'll do that and I'll trust you with results. And so fast forward now to the school building, I was in my quiet time and praying and and negotiating with God. You know how he loves it when we negotiate. I basically said, look, you know, when I get my business back on track, when I start making money again, when I get all this debt paid back, I get my kids back in private school, you know, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to go build those kids a brick building. And um, and I just immediately was convicted. And it was one of those convictions that I think hopefully listeners will will have have had in their life where you just can't deny it. You know, it's just you and God, right? You you can't deny this conviction that I had it backward, um, that I should go serve him and his kingdom first. And the rest of this stuff that is going on, this dumpster fire of my life that's going on, while um, much, much of it to my own making, he would walk with me through that, but really go serve him and his kingdom first. And so, you know, and I had committed, just give me the next right thing to go do, and I'll go do that. And so um, that's how it started. Raised a little bit of money, um, went to Uganda with just my family of three kids and uh, and my wife and my buddy Dave, and we built this school building. And when I was there, I realized after a few days that what we were doing was was really of no moment. That's um, my first exposure to extreme poverty the middle of nowhere, Uganda. And while the school building was helpful and the water project that we were doing was helpful, the problems associated with this were, were, were way bigger than what we were doing and we weren't really solving a poverty problem. And so I came back uh, pretty excited about what we had done. We'd finished the school building and we'd done the water project and we had done a lot of things. And in hindsight, we just made just about every mistake in the book that you can make as a, a, a family of Americans going over to Uganda. But I became kind of the student of, of uh, I, I said at the time that we needed to change people's perspectives and, um, and, and we um, needed to change their worldview, but I didn't say worldview at the time. Anyway, so raised some money. I uh, stopped, uh, I, I left the business world and uh, started 410 in September of 2006 and really was looking to change the paradigm of how the West engaged the poor so that we could no fool and really solve the poverty problem in these communities so that we could we could work ourselves out of a job as fast as we could. It's a long-winded answer. But that's kind of how we got, that's kind of how I did it. I love, I love the story. I love some of the stuff you said. And I'm going to get the, I don't think I wrote it down right, but you said 
Um, there's a big difference between declaring him Lord and making him Lord. Is that how you said it? Uh, it's a big. Di- there's a difference between declaring Jesus Lord and allowing him to Lord over your life. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I think that that somebody needs to write that down. You know, I, I need to write down correctly. But I, I think that that is huge, a uh, big difference uh, between declaring him Lord and letting him Lord over your life. And it affects the decisions that you make. I think if anybody's asking the question, is he, you know, it, is he lording in my life? Is is he dictating my decisions or am I doing it? And something else you said that you had it backwards, that you would serve him after you served yourself. And it, it's so sobering when you hear it said that way uh, to ask yourself, ask ourselves, ask the listeners, hey, is that where you find yourself? And then I, I, have, a, I have a few more questions for you, but um, we, we talk a lot about reflect. So we want everybody to have a growth plan. We believe that God has called everybody listening to this, to a, a really a, a supernatural impact on the world. And we encourage them to have growth plans uh, where they're, they're saying, hey, God, this is what I'm called to do. And, but we talk a lot about reflecting on that. And so you could have went to Uganda. You guys could have built that. You could have posted something on social media, pat yourself on the back and been done with it. But you reflected, and because you reflected on that, it led to a revelation that has has really, I mean, it shaped nations. Only heaven will record all of the families and generations that are changed because of your faithfulness to reflect on, you know, your obedience. I think that's amazing. And I, I really do. I believe that people are processing right now in their life what God's called them to do, and maybe they've tried in the past and they've hit some snags. What what do you feel like was the biggest challenge to you pursuing your purpose, discovering your purpose that God was calling you to? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, it 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 comes back to uh, it comes back to trust. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you know, when you make this leap, and I and I find this especially true. I mean, I have a heart for men and men's ministry, and I find this especially true in men. When you make this leap from declaring Jesus Lord to allowing him to Lord over your life and in times of confusion or conflict or disagreement or whatever it might be, just doing the next right thing and trusting him with the results is pretty tough. I mean, in my life at the time, I mean, the dumpster fire was still raging. I mean, it was still, uh, you know, everything was not great. (laughs) And um, but I felt like it was a walk of obedience and through prayer and counsel with friends and small group and, you know, my 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 network of of strong believers that uh, I could that were walking with me at the time. You know, it just, you know, is this something we're going to talk about or is this something we're going to do something about? I know that's an old 1980s or whatever, Ross Perot kind of a quote. But, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I ask uh, for the peace that would transcend all understanding. If you just tell me the next right thing to go do, I'll do that and I'll trust you with the results. And that that's what happened. And so I'm always trying to discern, which is really tough, whether or not this is the next right thing that Kurt wants to go do, or is this the next right thing that God's telling me to go do? And I think that a lot of times right. we make that question much bigger than it is. And and the, and the advice I give people all the time when they ask me, how did you leave the business world in argu- arguably your best, most productive income earning years of your life to go start a ministry? 
I tell them, look, it's just baby steps. It's little decisions. It isn't one huge decision. Have that next conversation. Walk through that next door that got opened up. Apologize, confess, maybe just be bold, or maybe just sit there and listen. It's just the next right thing is you've got to go do that. And it's not, it's not just do anything. It's do the next right thing. You know what it is. Go and do it. He calls us to do it, and he, you'd be amazed, and you will be amazed. I have been just flabbergasted by how that has just led to uh, a walk of obedience over the years that has created and helped create, and he has blessed an organization like 410 to make an unbelievable impact in the world. And um, and it's just it's just by taking those little little baby steps of doing the next right thing. I love that. Oh, to answer your question, the biggest challenge is trust, trusting him. You know, do you trust you or do you trust him? And well, that's a tough one. That's, a, that's not easy. I'm not making it sound like it is. Yes. But I do love the simplicity of it. And hey, I, here's here's something I feel like would really take it to the next level. You said you quoted like an, an 80s thing, Ross Perot. Now, I'm going to shoot you straight. I'm not sure who that is. Um, but, but in Disney, Anna, I believe it's Anna, sings a song called The Next Right Thing. And I feel like the Lord would really anoint it if you would maybe, you could even record that song. I don't think right now is the time, but you know, I, I feel like the Lord may, maybe that's the next right thing for you. Maybe putting out an album. You know, I think that would really take men's ministry to the next level. Uh, I think I'll take that under advisement. You know, somebody came to me with that song. It just, I can't remember the movie, the Disney movie it was in just recently. I mean, within the last few years and said, Kurt, listen to this because our staff here is so tired of, you know, not tired, but you know, they've heard a hundred times, a million times, do the right, let's just do the next right thing. Cause we yes. live in a complicated world working in extreme poverty. It's a tough, tough environment. So we're just going to do the next right thing. And all of a sudden the song comes out and everybody brought it to my attention and Amazing. Me to memorize the lyrics. I don't know, but <laughs> I love it. Well, hey, will you tell tell me a story or two of just um, because there's a lot of people if they come to Faith Promise, they invest in Forts and Bridge, uh, but also because people are looking at doing the next right thing. And uh, I, for me, it's very inspiring to look at you know in in Revelation eleven twelve I believe or maybe twelve eleven but I think it's eleven twelve when it whenever it says that we will overcome the devil the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, I believe the word of our testimony is a big deal. And so, what would you say? Could you tell us a story about just uh, and just an impact? And and we we know it came from you being faithful and trusting, and a lot of people trusting and being faithful. But could you tell us a story of life change, of real love, impact uh, through Four Tim Bridge in one of these countries? Well, you know how much time do you have? But I'll <laughs> I'll give you one. So um, I felt like uh, I turned sixty a couple years ago, and um, uh, when I turned 60, I had this real sense of urgency because I've just felt like I was entering the fourth quarter and uh, I had always wanted to write a book on uh, how 410 Bridge does what we do and the impact and so forth. And it'll be published this summer. And it's called If You Really Want to Help. And so about a year ago, uh, before I started it, I went back to Kenya and I wanted to go back to the communities that we had graduated and interview some people, just community members that I knew that knew of me and so forth. But I wanted to find out having graduated their communities years prior, you know, what, what's changed? And is it, did it, did, did it, is it working? Right. And so I got a, just a bunch of stories, but I'll, I will, I will tell you the, the summary of what I heard was um, I met a, I met a couple 
um, and uh, named uh, Stephen and Sabina. Stephen was a worthless drunkard in his own mind uh, before Fortem Bridge came into the community. Uh, his wife, um, miserable, couldn't make a living. His husband, her husband, kept on taking money from them to buy liquor in the community and so forth. And after teaching them how to do entrepreneurship training and teaching Stephen how to farm God's way and seeing all the things that happened in their community, again, water and education improvement and health and wellness programs, economic development, after all of those things um, you know, were done in their community, I went back to interview them. And this is what they said. They said, Kurt, you know, I, I said, you know, how is your perspective different today than it was back when 410 Bridge started in your community. And they, and they said this, they said, well, one, you taught us that we had poverty of the mind. Hmm. We had poverty of the mind. They didn't talk about the water, the, the money they're making. They didn't talk about the schools that are now better. They, they talked about the poverty of their mind. We, we thought we were poor and therefore we were. You taught us that we should do something with what we have, that God has given us everything that we need to be successful. We need to give thanks to him and use whatever we have to better our lives. We were waiting for outsiders to come in and do for us. But you taught us that we had poverty of the mind. You taught us that we needed to do the hard work. I hear this from students all the time who have been sponsored in primary school and that they had to earn their secondary school sponsorship and they would say to me, you know, if I have to, if I ask them, what would you tell students coming up through primary school in your community today? And they say, you have to do the hard work. Nobody's going to do it for you. You know, they, the people think differently in our communities today. They think that, and they know that God loves them, that he created them for a purpose, that they're forgiven and they should be forgivers, and that they have responsibilities, responsibilities to be a godly husband, godly wife, godly parents, godly school teachers, godly uh, leaders, godly nurses, got whatever, godly business owners. And when all of that happens in a com particular community, like Irigathadi in Kenya, Faith Promise sponsors Irigathadi in Kenya. When all of that happens in a community and everybody hears a biblical Christian worldview teaching in an in a, in a environment that's relevant to them, in other words, they that, that helps them better their physical life, they will do way more to continue their journey of development long after we leave than, than we will if we were there. And so it's all about their perspective that changed. Those are the most powerful stories to me, the ones that I love the most. That's so good. Poverty of the mind. We In our podcast earlier this month, we actually talked about uh, helping people solve problems in their, I mean, how, how we gain influence, how we can really serve other people is by helping them solve problems. I love that you helped them solve a lot of problems, or 410 Bridge, you and, and, and the team helped them solve a lot of problems, but it wasn't the ones that maybe we thought were the biggest deal. Like you said, the water, the food, but it was something spiritual, intrinsic. It was, it was that uh, poverty of the mind. I, I think that's so special. I also love, and I, I really do, I, I pray for the people who listen to this, that we will get to the point where, where 410 is leading the way of, hey, it's not about being needed. 
It's about helping other people uh, discover their purpose and go go to a place where they're serving others so that we can see a revival, so that we can uh, see a movement. And so we, we love that so much, and, and we really do. We love partnering with you, uh, and we're so excited about what God is going to continue to do. And so, and we really, I believe that there's going to be some people uh, who listen to this and uh, realize that maybe a poverty of mind is something that they walk with something that, cause it's not, I, I bet as you've done ministry, you've realized that's not a, that's not something that's unique to Uganda. You know, that's something that we, that we struggle with here today. And actually after that, um, when that book comes out, we'll have to have you back on and, uh, and talk and talk about, tell us some more stories about it and, uh, help us again, continue to, to equip people to discover their purpose and to win their world. Uh, but hey, Kurt, uh, I really am. I'm so grateful uh, for your time today, but more grateful for your ministry. And uh, and it, it is a blast uh, to partner with you. Excited about our, our trip coming up to Kenya uh, to see everything that God's doing. But uh, I love you so much. And hey, would you do me a favor? Will you just pray over the people on this podcast that, again, uh, two things. One, that they would overcome if they are experiencing a poverty mindset themselves. Uh, but also, too, that they would have the boldness to pursue their purpose, discover their purpose, uh, like you've described you did today. Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, how humbling it is to be loved uh, by you. Um, thank you for loving us the way you do. You're amazing. And Father, I, um, uh, we just come to you today um, in humble prayer uh, that, that whatever we've talked about over the last few minutes uh, resonates with somebody, Father, that it creates a defining moment in their life, Father, that they would they would be forever changed by taking the next and doing the next right thing um, and trusting you with the results. Father, you you talk to you, you your word in Romans 12 too says that you know we should not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but by be but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And Father, I pray that whatever we all have poverty of the mind, um, but whatever that Whatever that mindset, whatever that worldview is that is keeping us from doing your kingdom work, Father, I pray that you would remove it, that you would give us the next right thing and all the listeners the next right thing to go do. Then we would take that important next step uh, and walk through the door that you open up for us. Father, we know that you love us. We know that you've created us for a purpose. And we also know that we have responsibilities. And we just pray, Father, that you would make us and help us be bold to take those next steps and and uh, uh, toward those responsibilities that you give us, Father. We love you for that. We love you for the direction you give us. We love you for just being awesome and amazing. And most of all, Father, we just pray and, and thank you for your son, Jesus, and all he did for us. We are not worthy, but we are grateful for all he did for us. And it's in his mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Kurt, thank you so much for taking time with us. And we really do pray and believe that Four Timbers is just getting started on the impact that they're going to make, that we're going to make on the world together. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.